0: Welcome in to another edition of the WSN Podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN Podcast as we go through all the big news and happenings and whatnot in high school sports in the state of Wisconsin. A, uh, a fun time of the year. I, I think I say it every episode. Maybe it's getting old. I don't know. But a fun time of the year. We're into the uh, full swing of the basketball season, the winter sports season most teams are moving into conference play, Uh, certainly still some non-conference games dotted here and there, but uh, a lot of conference action, a lot of big-time games, a lot of rivalry-type games in in high school basketball, and there still are a few select uh, tournaments, classics, invitational-type events going on this year. You have uh, coming up in a couple weeks the Midwest players classic at the Lacrosse Center in Lacrosse uh, we're very excited to uh, partner with the folks there uh, once again to, to provide some coverage and promotion for that event uh, great uh, great games there have seen some incredible games and talent in the past up there uh, I've gone to it a number of times Brad Davison I've seen there Bronson Koenig JP Tokato uh, a number of other talented players from the state of Minnesota uh, and, and elsewhere Um and so that, uh, that should be a good event again. And then coming up in, in a, a couple more weeks, the Border Battle event uh, that Mark Miller uh, uh, co-presents, uh, pitting Wisconsin teams against Minnesota teams. And the last few years, the Wisconsin teams haven't fared very well at that event. But uh, that's coming up in a couple weeks, so look for a uh, information from Mark on that as well. But again, a lot of the discussion, a lot of the focus is going to be on some of these conference races and boys and girls hoops coming up in the next few weeks. I do want to touch on a football item real quick, and then we're going to talk with Norbert Durst uh, quite a bit about girls basketball and kind of the first half of the season, uh, some surprise teams and players and and what to watch for the rest of the way. But in uh, high school football, uh, we just got an updated state record book. This week from Kevin Petrowski, who does a great job keeping that state re- excuse me state record book for the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association. About as detailed, in depth, of a record book as you will find anywhere in the country, uh, right here in Wisconsin. 64 pages, uh, 64 page PDF of every kind of record that you could imagine. Uh, in, a, in again an incredible job by Kevin Petrowski to keep that information. Uh, he, he's the one that updates it. He's the one that researches it. We just post it and, and kind of parse through and, and find some of the noteworthy items. But um, he, he does an incredible job, Kevin Petrowski. If you do have any updates, you, certainly you can send them to me, and I'll send them on to Kevin. Uh, we also, in the article that we published on WSN, have a, uh, a direct link to his email address if, uh, if anyone has any additions uh, that they would like to send on. Really the biggest story this year in the record book and in some of the updates that that uh, are included in that for following the 2018 season, Bryce Hittner from Iola, Scandinavia, we talked about him a number of times in the fall, moving into the uh, number one spot on the career rushing yardage list. He ended up finishing with 6,870 yards, and that moved ahead of Hilbert's Mike Furkus, who had 6,707 yards. Fergus was uh, at Hilbert from 2000 to 2002. So that was really the big story. Hitner, uh, anytime you have a new all time rushing leader, that's pretty significant. Um, that, that record had stood for, for a good while, you know, from 2002 to 2018. It had changed hands a, a few different times uh, prior to that. In fact, a guy I played against in high school, Tom Wonderland from Platteville, uh, set the record uh, at, at that time, I believe it was in 1996, uh, his senior year that he, uh, took over the record. And I, I think it changed hands once or twice since then, uh, before Furcus broke it. And, uh, and now Wonderland is quite a bit down the list. I, I, I want to say he's maybe in the 12 to 15 range. Um, but Bryce Hittner, Iowa, Scandinavia, he's got the record now. Might not last long. <laughs> Racine Lutheran's Tyler Tenner is on pace, to have a very, very good shot of breaking that record next year. But, Hitner has it for now, but he's not the only one that moved into the top five, as we talked about as well. Dylan Hendricks from Pulaski, he's moved into fourth on the all-time rushing list with 6,359. He also has the record, does Hendricks, for most rushing attempts in a career with 926. Of course, the interesting thing about that is this year he was essentially he was their quarterback, a kind of a single wing old school quarterback, but he threw it eight to ten times a game and still ran it a ton and uh, and moved into the uh, the top five of the rushing list. Had a couple other guys that moved into the top thirty or so: Darius Crowley Reed of Martin Luther, Derek LeCaptain of Southern Door. Um, you know, again, those were the biggest noteworthy items. Didn't really have too much in the way of passing records this year. No 3,000-yard passers. Nobody that moved into the top 25 or so on the career passing yardage list. We did have one uh, single-game record that uh, got tied. Eau Claire Memorial's Bryson Johnson tied the state record for touchdown passes in a game with eight. Came in a loss, though, and we'll talk a little bit more about this game in a minute, but um, that was kind of the biggest noteworthy passing record. Not too much in the way of uh of you know high finishes or high uh marks on the receiving list. Um Mount Horror Barneveld's uh Kid Lee had two hundred and sixty eight receiving yards in a game, which is twelfth, tied for twelfth. Um scoring this one snuck up on me. Um but looking over the list, Abbotsford's Joe Aguilera came within four points of breaking the single-season scoring record in the state of Wisconsin. He was an outstanding running back, rushed for 40 touchdowns. He was also their kicker, a very good kicker. He kicked 67 extra points, had a pair of field goals. So he had 313 points scored this year. And, and that's scored, keep in mind. If you throw a touchdown, that's not a scoring touchdown. So that's a little different. Um, but uh, he's in second place on that list. Uh, and then, you know, a few other things here and there. On the team side, as I mentioned, that Eau Claire Memorial Chippewa Falls game that was double overtime ended 67-65 in favor of Chippewa Falls. And uh, that was the, the, the biggest um, from a team perspective as that tied for third for most combined points in a game with 132. These 65 points for Eau Claire Memorial is the second highest for a losing team in state history, and they combined for 1,193 yards, which is sixth most in state history. In addition to the regular 11-player football record book, Kevin also has uh, really expanded on the eight-player football record book the last few years, including this year. With eight-player football, at least the the recent incarnation being so new still, I mean, we're we're still less than 10 years of uh, eight-player football, Anytime, every year, there's dozens and dozens of names that get added to that list. Uh, a few that stand out, though. Uh, Newman Catholic's Ben Bates became the all-time single-season passing leader in eight-player history with 3,040 yards, second with 40 touchdowns. Gibraltar's Trevor Reinhardt became the new career passing yardage leader with 4,916. Now, Bates is likely to break that next year. Bates is only a junior and he's only 116 yards behind. Um, Bateson already has the career touchdown record for eight-player football with 67. Uh, Sirens' Derek Highstrom set a new eight-player record with 14 receptions and six receiving touchdowns in a game. Elliott Samuels of uh, Newman Catholic set a single-season record with 80 receptions. Port Edwards' Addison Gibbs set single-season records for receiving yards and touchdowns. And how about this, Alex Laughlin of Gibraltar, he's only a sophomore, just wrapped up his sophomore season, he already holds the career record for receptions and receiving yards. So those were some of the noteworthy items from the uh, state record book, and you can find all that information at wissports.net. We published an article highlighting some of the, uh, the noteworthy updates to the record book and also links to the full record books. Uh, that, uh, again, Kevin Petrowski has done a great job keeping updated. With our look at girls basketball this week on the WSN podcast, I'm joined now by WSN content manager and girls basketball writer Norbert Durst. Uh, recovering from a little bit of under the weather, but you've still been able to get out, I, I know, and take in some games here after the holiday break. How's, uh, how's things going here since, uh, since Christmas in, in the girls basketball world?
1: You know, really good. The Hank Raymonds was last weekend at Pius and got to see Beaver Dam for the first time this season. And as many people know, they're ranked 10th in the nation by Max Preps. So it's it's a team that, you know, I knew I was going to see at some point in the season, but kind of wanted one of those bigger matchups. And they got Arrowhead in that event. And they kind of let Arrowhead have it. Arrowhead's a really good uh, team in Division One. They did fall out of the rankings this week, but they played a tough schedule and they beat that uh, good arrowhead team, 56-30. to 30. So they kind of just showed the, the dominance that they are uh, in the state of Wisconsin and obviously they're beginning that national recognition as well.
0: And as you mentioned, they, uh, the national recognition is coming for Beaver Dam, and they went to a tournament in Florida over the holiday break and uh, performed re- uh, very well down there. For, for folks that maybe hadn't followed that, uh, just give us an update on, on what they did down there at that tournament.
1: Yeah, they went two and three, uh, two and one down there. The only loss came against Madison Country Day. Uh, really, really good team. That team's ranked number two in the nation. Uh, they had a six nine girl that started, um, and then just a lot of other really good athletes on the floor. And you know Beaver Dam, uh, they were down by maybe 15 points at some point in the game, but they did come back uh, in the fourth quarter they played quarters down there and, you know, made it a game. So I think they really just showed not just, you know, that they're a good team, but they can play with, with the best in the nation as well.
0: And they beat, was it one of the Miami teams that was ranked, uh, nationally as well down there?
1: Yeah, there was another nationally ranked team that they beat down there at the, uh, at the showcase as well.
0: So good stuff out of Beaver Dam. And I always, uh, I, I love the story of Beaver Dam and what, uh, uh, Tim Chase has has done there. Uh, he's written some articles on our site in our Coach's corner feature, and I remember the one about uh, you know just staying with and, and building a program. How his team at one point early in his career went, I think it was winless um, in a season, and and now they are, you know, going for three straight state championships, possibly more down the road. A nationally ranked program. Six
1: Coastal Division Show. One athletes. Yeah, six Division One have.
0: players. Right. Um, just a, an incredible job building a program uh, with uh, with what he has done, with what that community has done. Um, if anybody follows youth basketball, you, you see the positively hoops jerseys out a, a lot. Um, they're very active in the youth basketball scene. Do a great job getting kids prepared, keeping them engaged, and uh, and ready to go and built. To where they are right now obviously beaver dam success is no surprise uh, a two-time defending state champion unbeaten in the state of wisconsin for 60 some odd games i think it is now they're not a surprise but what are some teams that might be surprises this year with with how well they are doing in what is essentially the first half of the year we're, we're pretty much at that midway mark so far in the 2018-2019 season
1: yeah. Green Bay Preble definitely comes to mind last night. They beat the pier and uh, they, they have uh, a couple division one prospects on their team. Uh, Kendall Renard just recently uh, this season committed to green Bay. And then Carly Duffney is having a very good sophomore season and they've really on the rise in the FRCC and Friday night, they play at home against an unbeaten Bayport team. So there's another test for them. A couple other teams uh, also in that, that Fox Valley area, Appleton East, uh, uh, doing very well this season as well. Appleton West, the same kind of story. Appleton East has a, a freshman, Emily LaChapel, that that's cut, came in and started strong. She's averaging 19 a game. And with West, they have a, a 6'6 junior and Taylor Lauterbach that has really is turning into a, a prime prospect. Last year averaged, I believe, under five points per game. And now she's pushed that up over 11 points per game and, and uh, getting that high division one interest uh, so far this season.
0: Any teams in the, the lower divisions, the smaller divisions, I should say, that, that kind of stand out? Or is it kind of who we expected down there?
1: Well, for the most part, it's who we expected. Blackhawk and, and Clayton are right there. But there seems like uh, some unranked teams like Owen Withey that, you know, really good program. Uh, their coach just, uh, Coach Guthman just went, uh, won the, excuse me, won, um, went over 700 career wins, surpassing Jim Myers for the all-time list. And Oliva Strum, again, a team that's playing in tougher, tougher opponents. They get to see Melrose-Bendoro a couple of times. So, I mean, there's some other teams that aren't ranked and, uh, you know, you have the normal Newman Catholics in there, assumptions in there as well. But I really think it's, it's at the top of the top of that list has got to be Blackhawk and Clayton who are both undefeated.
0: And maybe it seems like that because of recency bias. I don't know, but. Uh, in, in girls basketball, anyway, it, it kind of seems like it's the same teams year after year, or you know, several years in a row that are really dominating Aquinas in Division Four, mandoro in Division Four. You mentioned Blackhawk and Clayton; they've made uh, a number of state tournament appearances. Um, it, it's just the same same teams a lot of times that are right there at the top that are dominating some of these divisions.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times it's, you know, you have your, 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 you know, the teams where you do have some high quality prospects for division one, but also just teams that, that pressure the heck out of you. And those are teams like, you know, Newman Catholic in the past, what Blackhawk does, they do have uh, some, some pretty good talent on that team, but you know, those kids work really hard and they pressure you. And anytime you can get, easy baskets that really helps your team um, and really can smother the opponent. And that's what Aquinas does. And, and and Doral can do that as well. So when you talk about those lower, lower division teams, it's, you know, they do have some prospects, but it's about how they play defense and turn that into offense.
0: That certainly has been a story. uh, As you mentioned, amongst the better teams in in girls basketball, we see it at the state tournament. Um, You know, some of these teams that, that pressure and pressure and pressure, uh, full court especially, really, uh, really have a good opportunity to have some success. Uh, switching gears a little bit, and, and we're talking with Norbert Durst, our girls basketball editor at Wisports.net. We've been talking about some of these surprise teams, uh, stories that have stood out in the 2018-2019 girls basketball season. What are some of the players that have really jumped up in in either the rankings or you know, increase their scoring average considerably. Who are some of the surprise or standout players so far uh, this year?
1: Yeah, we mentioned a couple of them with the surprise teams, but a couple other Leah Ernest from uh, Stevens Point. She's a Valpo recruit and she's really turned into not just a, a really good athlete on the floor, but she can really shoot it. Uh, she scored, uh, I believe it was 40 earlier in the season against a really good Pewaukee team. She's averaging 25 and 13 right now. And she's really uh, has uh, Stevens and a chance to maybe come away with that Wisconsin Valley title. Obviously, Wausau West would would like to say different about that. Uh, Verona has a very nice uh, freshman player and Aaliyah Smith uh, came in. She missed the first couple games of the season, but she's averaging only over 20 points per game. Um, and then you know, uh, Vincent, who probably gave uh, Beaver Dam their toughest game last season. I think that was in a sectional semifinal. Uh, Ariel Kirkwood uh, averaging 26 points per game. They maybe don't have the, uh, the talent they had last year to maybe make a big push in division two, but she's definitely having a very good season. Uh, A couple others of note, you know, these are kids that are already known, uh, but Natalie McNeil having a very good season last night. There were coaches from Marquette and Wisconsin watching her game against, uh, um, against Milwaukee King. And they lost that one by one point. Carolyn Strand, she's a Bradley recruit, but she's really turned into a dynamic scorer uh, for uh, Shoreland Lutheran and uh, excuse me for Racine Lutheran. And Shoreland Lutheran Shelby Coker last night just went over 2,000 career points, third active player I believe, 24th in girls basketball history to surpass. So there's there's some kids that are on the rise, but also ones that we knew were good that are are elevating their talent later in their career.
0: As we look around at some of this outstanding individual talent in the state of Wisconsin, any kids that, uh, from a recruiting perspective, seem like they're kind of on the cusp of getting some big-time offers, or maybe making a decision on where they're going to be heading at the next level?
1: Well, you know, Maddie Wilkie from Beaver Dam, she's a sophomore, and I would say, given the fact how well she played down in Florida, she's going to get a lot more of those, you know, SEC type teams that are going to be interested in her. She's already has, I believe over 20 offers, but I think that list is just going to continue to grow uh, just because she's just one of those kids that can do so many different things on the floor. You know, she shoots a three. Well, Uh, you saw her at the state tournament, obviously last year, but she can, you know, she defends. She's just one of those kids that, as a five, guard just doesn't come around very often. I know we have, you know, kids like McKenna Warnock, uh, seniors, uh, Sydney Hilliard, Natalie Anderson from Aguanago, And then, you know, a kid in, in Sydney Roby who, you know, we just don't see six, four kids, but, uh, there's some, uh, a lot of good freshmen, uh, sophomores, Carly Duff, Duff Duffney from, uh, Green Bay Preble. As I mentioned earlier, she's She's on the rise. Uh, I believe it was uh, Kayla Teschlag was there watching her last night uh, from Wisconsin. So uh, Emily LaChapelle already has has uh, um, a Green Bay offer. Uh, she's the kid from uh, Appleton East. So there's a lot of uh, young talent that is definitely on the rise, and uh, a lot of schools with interest in these young kids.
0: So some of these kids that you've mentioned, and let's let's take a look at Maddie Wilkie in particular. What are the chances she or some of these other highly ranked underclassmen stay in state at Wisconsin or Marquette or Green Bay or Milwaukee? Um, what are the chances of some of those kids? Who, who might be kids that we'll see at Wisconsin? Uh, and as we've talked about in the past, they've, the Badgers have kind of struggled in the past getting some of the top kids from Wisconsin. Um, but who might be the next one? Uh, obviously have Tara uh, Staufacker and uh, Sidney Hilliard coming in this year.
1: Right. I think it's Maddie Wilkie. I really, you know, if Wisconsin, they're they're doing a good job uh, getting some early wins this season, Um, you know, if they keep winning, that's really going to help them get Wilkie. Obviously, you know, you're getting other kids, like kids really love playing with Sid Hilliard. So that's going to help get some of that younger talent. Um, But as long as Wisconsin is winning and, you know, Unless maybe a Notre Dame or a UConn come knocking, I think there's a very good chance for them to to get Wilkie. Uh, I believe, she, you know, she's got along, obviously, with, uh, with Tara Stoffiger, who plays on her team. Uh, again, Sydney Hillier is a, a player that um, really runs the show well. And I think, you know, when she gets in there at Wisconsin, that's going to get some other kids there. And I think in the process can get a kid like Maddie Wilkie.
0: All right, uh, we'll uh, wrap up our look at girls basketball shortly. But what else? What else should we look for over the next half of the season? Um, I'll, I'll save our Miss Basketball debate and discussion for another episode. So let's let's not quite get there yet. But what are some of the things that we'll look for? Either big matchups down the road, kids that are uh, either coming back or or what have you. What what's kind of going to be the storylines over the next half of the season?
1: Well, I think it's, you know, who can maybe make a run in division two outside of obviously the Beaver dam. I, I really think Beaver dam is obviously clearly at the top, you know, best team in the state, but there's a lot of other teams that are right in the mix. You know, the Woodland, uh, Eisenhower is probably the favorite in there, but you know, if on the rise last night, they just beat Pius. Uh, we're going to get a matchup next weekend that has uh, Melrose Vendoro, uh, versus Blackhawks. So that's an interesting, uh, you know, game where both teams have the pressure, both teams have some good talent, both teams undefeated potentially going into that game. You know, it's, it's in division four. It's a matter of, you know, can anyone knock off Aquinas or Melrose and Dora before they could, they could meet in the state championship game. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of things going on there. And Laconia last year went undefeated until a sectional final they're undefeated right now at 14 and 0, and can they get to the state tournament this season? You know, a really talented team that likes to give you some pressure, and I think those are some of those those big storylines in Division One. I mean, you you have uh, MaguanoGo and Milwaukee King. Uh, M- MaguanoGo just recently took over the top spot in Division One, and they're in the same sectional, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who can maybe get that one seed, while it might not make a huge difference. Um, it going down the stretch and who has the momentum going into that uh, potential game if they do meet up in this tournament
0: I'm gonna to put you on the spot a little bit here three teams that kind of stand out above the rest in in their divisions uh, Beaver Dam obviously in Division two Aquinas in division four and let's throw Blackhawk in division five in there as well. Which one of those teams is most likely to not win a state championship um, and, and do you think any of them don't get it done. Do you think there's any that actually won't win a championship out of that group?
1: Well, if I was going to pick out of that group, that's obviously a tough group to pick out of, but I'm going to probably say Blackhawk doesn't get it done uh, just for the fact they like to shoot the three so much and that, that really factored in last season when they lost to Bangor and you know, Clayton of uh, kind of the, you know, I believe they maybe were number one in the AP rankings this week. In the first one, but Clayton, they've been there for three straight years and they have not yet been able to get to even the championship game. So they're a team that's super hungry. And, you know, if Blackhawk gets there, if they meet up in that game and Blackhawk isn't shooting well, uh, you know, that that's definitely uh, something where Clayton can win. And even if uh, Blackhawk is shooting the ball, well, Clayton's a very good team and and will make that a game. So I would say if I was going to pick out of those three, it'd be Blackhawk.
0: All right, good stuff, Norb. We're uh, looking forward to to a lot more over the next few months, and obviously the Rush Center at Green Bay, not very far away. Uh, as I said, we'll uh, th- the next time we talk, probably in two weeks, uh, we'll get into the Miss Basketball discussion and who might be in the running and who might be some of the favorites because. There's some pretty good players that, uh, that I think will be in that discussion. Uh, he's Norbert Durst. I'm Travis Wilson. This has been a WISports.net podcast. As we always say, get out and take in a game when you can, where you can. It's great to get out to high school basketball. Again, this has been a WSN podcast. We'll see you at a game.